This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we get a visit from The Shadow. This character had his beginnings from the printed word. In order to boost the sales of their detective story magazine, Street and Smith Publications hired David Chrisman and writer-director William Sweets to adapt the magazine's stories into a radio series. Chrisman and Sweets felt the upcoming series should be narrated by a mysterious storyteller with a sinister voice, so began searching for a suitable name. One of their scriptwriters suggested various possibilities, such as the inspector or the sleuth. Well, then it was proposed that the ideal name for the phantom announcer would be the shadow. Thus, beginning in July 31st of 1930, the shadow was the name given to the mysterious narrator of the detective story hour. The narrator was initially voiced by James Lacurto, who was replaced after four months by prolific character actor Frank Reddick Jr., The episodes were drawn from the Detective Story magazine and issued by Street & Smith, the nation's oldest and largest publisher of pulp magazines. And although the latter company had hoped the radio broadcast would boost the declining sales of Detective Story magazine, the result was just the reverse. Listeners found the sinister announcer much more appealing than the related stories or unrelated stories. They soon began asking news dealers for copies of that Shadow magazine, although it didn't even exist at that point. Recognizing the demand and responding promptly, Street and Smith commissioned Walter B. Gordon, that let me correct that, Walter B. Gibson, to begin writing stories about the Shadow. Using the pen name of Maxwell Grant and claiming the stories were from, quote, the Shadow's private annals, as told to him, Gibson wrote 282 out of 325 tales over the next 20 years, a novel-length story twice a month. Now, if you've done any writing at all, you immediately recognized what an incredible feat that was. The first story produced was The Living Shadow, published in 1931, April of that year. Gibson's characterization of the shadow laid the foundations for the archetype of the superhero, including stylized imagery and title, sidekick, supervillains, and secret identity. He was clad in black. The shadow operated mainly after dark as a vigilante in the name of justice and terrifying criminals into vulnerability. And because of the great effort involved in writing two full-length novels every month, several guest writers were hired to write occasional installments in order to lighten Gibson's workload. Now, as depicted in the pulps, the shadow wore a wide-brimmed hat, black, and a black crimson lion coat with an upturned collar over a standard black business suit. In the radio drama, which debuted in 1937, the shadow was an invisible avenger, who had learned while traveling through the Orient the mysterious power to cloud men's minds so they couldn't see him. 
Well, this feature of the character was born out of necessity. Time constraints of 1930s radio made it difficult to explain to listeners where the shadow was hiding and how he was remaining concealed. Thus, the character was given the power to escape human sight. Voice effects were added to suggest the shadow's seeming omnipresence. And to explain this power, the shadow is described as a master of hypnotism, as explicitly stated in several radio episodes. Now, in tonight's episode, the shadow will hunt a man who threatens women, saying they don't do, if they don't do what he says, he will throw acid in their faces. Again, the Mutual Network brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Etched with Acid. It's night. The silver sliver of moonlight steers its way through the darkness of the bedroom. Suddenly... The French doors overlooking the balcony swing slowly open. Three men enter quietly, walk to the side of the bed. Turn your light on, Amati. Right. Yo, handsome, watch that door. Nobody gets you. Okay, we can. Wake it up, man. Sure, boy. Pretty, ain't she? You won't be long. Wake it up. Come on out of it, sister. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Winthrop. Oh, you're You were three weeks late for our date, Mrs. Winthrop. I thought you'd forgotten. I didn't forget. I was going to call you. You're lying. You were supposed to have some jewelry for me. What is it? I couldn't go through with it, Richie. Well, that would be crooked, huh? But it's all right to renege on a debt, huh? Any time, I'll get you your money, I promise you. You had your time, you're welcome. I'll get it this time, I'll borrow, I'll do anything on it. You had your warning. Give me the bottle, Matty. Sure, boss. Here. I'll get an iron. No. No, you wouldn't. No. No! <laughs> Shouldn't have hit so hard, Matt. I had a boss. She was aiming to hit high C. But now she won't know what's happening to her. You really gonna let her have it, boss? Yeah. All of it. Find the light on her face. Now stand back. <laughs> face? Like mud, oh, handsome. The voice of a good lord. She's sort of like a sales sample, boy. We'll use her to persuade other dames that we mean business. Oh. 
best, folks. Come up and make your bets. Make your bets, folks. The wheel's hot tonight. Ten on the black, please. Ten on the black, right. Sammy. The boss wants to see you, Mr. Sammy. Not now, Maddie. I'll see him later. The boss wants to see you now. Well, what do you want? This way, Mr. Sammy. What's so urgent that he has to see me right now? Here's the boss's office. Ask him. Step in. Hello, Richie. Maddie says you want to see me. Yeah, Mrs. Sammy. Couldn't it wait? It has waited too long. What are you talking about? Desire yours. They're yours, ain't they? Oh. Well, I, I've had a sort of losing streak. But I'll pay you. When? Well, you need to get the money. I don't have it right now. Your husband has. But I wouldn't ask him. If he knew I'd been gambling and, and losing so much. Oh, I couldn't, Rich. Where's that leave me? I don't run this place for my own amusement. How much is it? Forty-two hundred. I haven't got it, Luigi. You got that much more and more in jewels. That rock on your finger alone is worth over a grand. But I couldn't part with these. My husband would know. Not the way we'll do it. The stuff insured? Well, yes, of course. Good. It's going to get lifted tomorrow night. Your husband gets his insurance, we get our dough. Everybody's satisfied. But there's a burglar alarm. That ain't how it happens, Mr. Sarri. Tomorrow night you'll be at the High Hole Club. You get up from your table at exactly 11.20. Leave this stuff on your table in a little change purse. Mary will take care of the rest. But... There ain't no fuss. Remember that society then that was found dead? Her face all eaten away. By acid. Uh, I read about it. Sad, wasn't it? You wouldn't think anything that serious could happen just because she didn't follow instructions, would you? Certainly must have been in the mood for slumming tonight, Lamont. Whatever brought you down to this thing? No, just curiosity, Margot. The only ones told me that the High Hole Club was the best place to see how the um, other half lived. <laughs> well, from the looks of some of the gowns and jewels, I would say it lived pretty well. Yes, there are a lot of beautiful jewels in the place. Hmm. There's a woman over there who seems nervous about hers. Which one? You see her? Putting her bracelet in her purse. Oh, Lamont, it's a beautiful bracelet, too. Hey, now that's careless of her. The woman put her bracelet in her change purse, left it on her table, now she's getting up to dance. Oh, well, she'll probably keep her eye on it. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, wait a minute, Margot. Someone else has an eye on that bracelet. Well, for goodness sake, yes, that man picked up her purse. He's leaving with it, Lamont. See you, Margot. I'll be right back. Uh, just a second. What's on your mind, mister? Didn't you make a mistake? I just saw you pick up a purse at the ladies' table here. You're in my way, mister. I'd put it back if I were you. Why, I'll... Anything wrong, boys? I'm the manager. This smart guy's trying to start something. Says I picked up a dame's purse. I don't stand for funny stuff in my place, Matty. Did you pick it up? Maybe. Let's get back out of the way. I thought we won't start anything. Now, uh... What about this purse? There's a diamond bracelet in it. 
Start coffee, Matty. I'm getting it fixed. It's got a broken catch. Oh, does a lady know about it? Ask her. Who is she? Her name's Mrs. Surrey. Surrey? I'll get her. Uh, don't go away. Haven't I seen you someplace, Matty? I've never been there. Oh, I see. The conversationalist, huh? If I were you, mister, I wouldn't Here's shut... Mrs. Surrey. What's all this about? Your bracelet. I saw this man pick Maddie? up... Matty? What about Matty? You know him? Of course I know him. What's all of this about? Oh, I saw him pick up your bracelet from the table. I told him I'm taking it to get the catch fixed. That's right. I asked him to. I see him. I, uh, I just thought that... It's no concern of yours. You have no right to interfere. I'm sorry. You'll be a lot sorrier someday if he keeps sticking your nose where it ain't wanted. Never mind the hard talk, Matty. This is a respectable joint. The guy made a mistake. That's all. Yeah, mistake. Good night, Mrs. Surrey. Good night, Matty. I'm sorry. I guess I have been a bit of a nuisance, Mrs. Surrey. No, not at all. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Surrey. Why so quiet, Lamont? Did that little episode back at the high hall set you? No, but I can't get it out of my head that that woman was frightened. Badly frightened. Who did you say she was? Named Surrey. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. I read about it. She's a very gay socialite. Yes, exactly. I keep thinking about another gay young society woman, Mrs. Winthrop. She was brutally murdered not so long ago. And you think Mrs. Surrey's in danger? Very grave danger. Danger of being murdered? I don't know. She acted as though she were afraid of something... something worse than murder. Well, I read about that Winthrop killing. It was horrible. The face was... just... it's all gone. Yes, acid. Margot, I think I'll have a talk with Mrs. Surrey tomorrow when her chaperone isn't around. you could cross me and keep on breathing. Cross you? I don't know what you mean. No. How about a guy last night at the High Hole Club? Who was he? I don't know. I swear it. I never saw him before in my life. I... Hold it. Yeah? Howdy, Richie. The Surrey dame had two callers after Hanson picked her up this evening. Anybody I know? Somebody you should know. The same guy that busted up our play last night at the High Hole Club. Was he alone? Get a line out of Dame. Check back here. I'll have a job for you tonight. Like you were saying, Mr. Surrey. You never saw this guy before, huh? Never. I swear it. You're lying. <laughs> no. Now, what's he doing at your house this evening? I tell you, I don't know anything about it. Answer. The bottle. What? Yeah? What are you going to do? We got a special duty to it that we say is for double crossing. I'm going to give you a preview of it. No, no, don't. Hold on, Hanson. <laughs> We're being good natured today, Mr. We're going to use this copper ball instead of your face. For now. We just 
pour a few drops from the bottle into the bowl. Like this. You see, Miss Perry? It fits right into the method. That's all, Miss Perry. You can go home now. There were two witnesses to last night's job, Handsome. That's two too many. What do we do about it? Mary's running them down now. You and Mary paid a dame of visit tonight. And, uh, no monkey business is a thing. See, Handsome? Of course not, Ford. But, uh, what do I do? Kill her? No. The police might get inquisitive. Then? She's driving a car. When she puts it away tonight, you'll be waiting in the garage. You give the dame a special beauty treatment. That's a cinch to make the guy lose his memory. Too bad Mr. Surrey wasn't home this evening, Lamont. Well, it can wait till tomorrow, Margo. Yeah, but... Where are you going, darling? I'm going to drive you home. Oh, no, darling, it's late. I'll help you put the car away and I'll catch a cab at the corner. Well, I can just as well drive you home. Not then, so ride your garage now. All right. That won't take a minute. Oh, darling, toss me the keys to the garage, will you, so I can open the doors for you? Here you are. Pat. Come. Uh, it's the big key. Okay. Hey, you sure this is the right key? Well, I think so. It's... Oh, it's all right. I've got it. Okay, drive in. Now that you're here, don't you want to come in for a minute? Oh, not tonight, darling. I'd really rather get home. Oh. Come on. What is it? A friend was tired. He's lying down. Oh, oh, I... oh, sudden, lady. I'm nervous. Get out of that car. What have you done to him? If I were you, I'd be more concerned what we're going to do to you. Get out. What is it? What do you want with me? Your friend has been bothering us. We want to discourage him. We're going to use you to discourage him. My friend has a special beauty treatment. He's going to give you... Oh, no, no. You're, you're just trying to scare me. Got the bottle, pal? Yeah, you I... hold it. I don't... Help! Help! Hurry up, I can't hold him. A little more. That's it. Oh, my face! My face! My eyes! A year ago today, General Courtney Hodges and his first division were battling their way through the streets of Cologne. Your Red Cross girls were there directly behind the lines, dispensing cheer and donuts to the battle-weary G.I.s. Today, your Red Cross is still there with the Army of Occupation. We have silenced the Wehrmacht, but your Red Cross still fights a battle, a battle against loneliness. For the men now overseas, the warmth and hospitality of the Red Cross Recreation Club is the one bright spot in their arduous task yet to be complete. At home... Their comrades in the hospitals and other veterans struggling to adjust themselves to civilian life are also benefited by your Red Cross. More than 4,300 Red Cross hospital workers assisted servicemen in our veterans' hospitals during the year of 1945. And 450,000 veterans' claims were handled by local Red Cross chapters during the same period. So give generously to your American Red Cross for its wide and divisive program of service to humanity, give to the Red Cross. Now, back to the shadow. 
Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane have stumbled into a vicious racket. In an attempt to discourage them, the racketeers trapped them in Margot's garage and have thrown a chemical into her face. My eyes. My eyes, I can't see. Lamont, help. Please, please. Lamont. Lamont, I can't see. Where are you? Where are you? Here, Margot. Margot, what's wrong? It's my eyes and my face. They threw acid, Lamont. I can't sleep. I... Better take your hands out. Let me look at your eyes. I can't. I can't. They burn. Come on, darling, quickly. Get you into your apartment. You're all right, darling. You're all right. It wasn't acid they threw in your face. It was probably ammonia. Oh, Lamont. Oh, darling, you're sure you didn't recognize either of them? No, no, darling. I'm... I didn't. It happened so fast. and It was so dark. Well, at least they left us their calling card. What is it? Oh, a note. What does it say? Well, not much. I'll read it to you. It's just as easy to make it the real thing next time. If this one doesn't help your memory to get bad, we'll try the real beauty cure. That one's guaranteed. Well, I guess someone wants us to forget about that bracelet, all right? Exactly, Margo. And this little episode gives me the link I needed. What link? Acid. The link between Mrs. Winthrop, the other society woman who was murdered, and that Surrey woman in the high hole club last night. What are you going to do? I was going to wait till tomorrow to see her, but now it can't wait. Tonight, the shadow is going to pay a call on Mrs. Surrey. You can't rest pacing up and down, Mrs. Surrey. Who said that? The shadow. <laughs> Where are you? The lights are on, but I, I can't see anyone. No one sees the shadow, Mrs. Surrey. I tell you, I, I never saw that man before last night. I haven't double-crossed you, I swear it. Don't kill me. I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to help you. you you're not one of Ricci's gang? The shadow fights men like Ricci. Oh, oh, I wish I could believe that. You must. Because I need your help to destroy them. What do you want from me? Tell me what happened last night. I can't tell you. They'd kill me if they found out. No one will ever know you've spoken to the shadow. Tell me, Matty was part of the gang, wasn't he, Mrs. Surrey? Yes, he came to get my jewels. I... No, no, I can't tell you anymore. When are you going to see Matty and the gang again? Tonight. At Ricci's. Good. Go there. I'm afraid. Go there, Mrs. Surrey. And follow their instructions. That gang will be smashed, I promise you. The shadow knows. <laughs> oh, Lamont, I've been trying to reach you all afternoon. I've been busy piecing together this puzzle, Margot. Where's it been? Did a couple of visits to some of the larger insurance claims agents. I was curious to find out how many claims they've had lately on stolen jewelry. And have there been many? Yes, quite a few. Companies are worried that the people involved are so important they hesitate to do anything. Well, what about Mrs. Surrey? She's filed a claim for her bracelet, said it was lost several nights ago. But we know that... It's almost a foolproof dodge, Margot. A maid saw her go out with it that night, various people saw her wearing the bracelet, and she didn't have it when she came home. Yeah, but we saw what happened. Now, we're supposed to be thoroughly scared. Just supposed to be? Well, I think I've got the evidence I need. I could smash the ring right now, but all I could prove is extortion. When we get them, I want to get them for cold-blooded murder. And how are you going to do it? I'm going to reach his gambling den just outside of town. It's the gang's headquarters, apparently. Can I go along? No. Not this time, Margot. 
This is a case for the shadow. Come on in, Mrs. Terry. Oh, it's you. I, I got a message telling me to meet Weechi here. That's right. I sent that message. A little playmate, handsome. I... I think I'll wait outside until Richie comes. Uh, the door is locked. Oh. We, uh, we wouldn't want to be disturbed, would we? Let me out of here. Now, is that being sociable? I, uh, I thought maybe you and me could have a little talk. What about? You and me. Maybe we could start it off with a little kiss. You must be crazy. Maybe. But then I always was crazy for things with class. Richie won't like this. I'm not worried what Richie thinks, does he? I'm not planning on being here when Richie gets back. I'll tell him. I'll tell him everything. You won't be here either, Betty. What do you mean? You and I are going places. Together. I'm not going any place with you. You don't think I can afford you? Well, um, take a look at this. Sure. Mm-hmm. A whole bag full of them. That's right. Change your mind about coming, Duchess? No. I wouldn't go with a cheap crook like you and... Cheap crook, eh? So you're too good for me, eh? Come here, sister. Let go of me. I've just hold your hands behind your back like this. I, I won't tell Richie. I won't tell anybody. You won't have to. Now the bottle. Ever see this? Yes. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Help! Help! You're wasting your time, Duchess. Richie had this room soundproof. Oh, you do. You think you're too good for me, eh? Okay, Duchess. When I'm through with you, you won't be good enough for anybody. Please let me go. I'll get you money. Anything. Save your breath. You might need it. Now, the door. The door's open. That's funny. I don't see anybody. And the door's closed. I've been mad at trying to spy on us. Oh, handsome, please let me go. I never did anything to you. You don't like the idea of the beauty treatment, eh, Duchess? There was another dame just like you. She didn't like it either. She's the one who's going to put you in the electric chair, handsome. Who said that? The shadow. I've come for vengeance. <laughs> Where are you? Right here, handsome, at your elbow. How could you... <laughs> the other elbow, handsome. Play with me. Well, I'll kill her. I can see her. No, you don't, handsome. Stop it, Iris. He almost broke my wrist. Now that we've relieved you of your gun, here's something you've had coming for a long while. And here's another for a couple of friends of mine. You killed him, Shadow. I'll just knock him out. Ah, what's all this jewelry, Mrs. Surrey? It's the gang. Handsome was getting ready to run away with it. Uh, first, we'll scoop it back into this bag. I'd advise you to withdraw your insurance claim, Mr. Surrey. Your bracelet and the rest of these jewels will be turned over to the insurance companies. Return to their owners. But what about Handsome, Richie, and the others? I'll take care of them. As soon as I've seen you on your way in the... I'm coming back to take care of Richie and the rest of his gang. What's been going on here? Oh, my jaw. Never mind your jaw. Get your eyes open. The gents are wrecked. Ooh. The boss's safe is wide open. What's happened? The shed. The shed has been here. The shadow. Yeah. You sure? Of course I'm sure, Matty. He came in here. I couldn't even see the guy. First thing I know, he's given me a going over. Shadow. 
Not lucky he's still alive. You better get out of here. He'll be coming back. Let him. I got my rod, and the minute he comes but in... But good's a gun. You can't see him. Yeah, you're right. Well, we better get out of what? Answer. Now, Turner, get the shadow, Matty. We're done for. As soon as he gets that door open, I start glaring. I tell you, a gun's no good. Then give me that bottle of acid. That'll stop him. As soon as it gets all the way open, I'll let him have it. I know, I know. Now! Ah! My foot! It's reaching. He's got a gun. Don't show it, Rachel. You killed him. You killed Maddie. I'll kill you too. You gun crazy killer. You got me too. That knew it was you, Richie. We didn't know. Uh, you thought it was the shadow, didn't you, handsome? So you did come back, shadow. Well, Maddie's killed, huh? Richie dead from his own acid, huh? Well, at least pull all three people chair, shadow. Who killed the Winthrop woman? You or Richie? Richie did. He threw the acid. Why? She waltzed on her IOUs. That wasn't a reason, Hassam. Wasn't it because she wouldn't help you steal her jewels? Maybe. Didn't you make arrangements with your victims to leave their jewels or Maddie could pick them up? And the women put a claim to their insurance companies and you blackmailed them by holding the jewel theft over their head? That's right. Only, won't do you any good, Shadow. We're all beaten the rest. I wouldn't count on it, Hanson. I have an idea that you're going to survive and pay for your part in this vicious racket. <laughs> I see by the papers that Hanson has confessed everything. We'll recover the stand pile. Yes, Margot. Racket completely smashed. And a lot of foolish women will sleep easier tonight than they have in many months. Darling, what was the gang's hold over those women? Well, instead of turning over their jewels to the gang to pay their gambling debts, the society women reported them as stolen. The insurance company paid off. The husband suspected nothing. The gamblers got their money. Apparently, everything was fine. But... But... By doing this, the women had committed a felony. Yes, but so had the gangsters. So they'd stolen the jewels. Now, no, darling. They had photostats of the IOUs to prove that the women had sold them the jewels. It was the women who had committed the crimes. I see. After getting the jewels, Richie's gang proceeded to blackmail their victims and bleed them white. What a horrible racket. Yes, darling. And a racket only made possible by stupid, foolish women. I hope all this rotten notoriety teaches them a lesson. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, the Mutual Network will bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. Stay tuned for Ozzie and Harriet next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Ozzie and Harriet next on Theater of the Mind. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, transcribed and starring the entire Nelson family, Ozzie, Harriet, David, and Ricky.
what kind of hijinks are going on in the Nelson living room. It looks as if Ozzy's doing some deep sea fishing. Wow, look at that rod bend. It's a strike. Keep his head up, old boy. Now reel him in. Oh, darn it. Got away. What was it? Uh, the screw that holds the reel together. Can I untie the line from my waist now? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for being the fish, Harriet. What time is I supposed to be? Oh, uh, no particular kind. I just wanted to try out the old reel. Is that screw supposed to come out that way and the line get all knotted up? No, no, of course not. Darn thing does it all the time, though. Why don't you get yourself a new one? Well, they cost $18. Oh, look, Ozzy, you're always buying things for the boys and me. I think it's about time you bought something for yourself. Well, maybe. No maybes. You go down to the Emporium and buy yourself a new reel. Well, hey, what's that? I don't know. Maybe it's the game warden. Have you got a license to catch me? Yes, and it's nailed to the lid of your hope chest. What is that hammering? It's coming from the backyard. Look, Varney's up on our garage roof. Well, what's he doing up there? Varney! Oz! What are you doing up there? Oz! Varney, get down from there! Oz! Goodness sake, I better go out and see what he's doing. Varney! Oz! Varney, will you stop saying that? What? Hi, Oz! Hi, Vony. <laughs> what are you doing up on my garage roof? Now get down from there and don't go up again without my permission. Well, that's a nice way to talk when a guy's fixing your roof. Fixing it? What's wrong with it? Well, didn't you know there was a hole up here? Climb up the ladder and take a look. Where is it? Right here. Oh. Oh, I never noticed it. Next time it rained, your garage would have been flooded. I had a couple of old shingles lying around, and I thought I'd hammer them over. Oh, gee. Well, that's real nice of you, Thorny. I thought so, too. <laughs> There'll be no charge, either. Oh, it's darn nice of you. It's my pleasure, Art. You know, Thorny, in spite of the fact we have our little disagreements, you really are a wonderful neighbor. True friend, a real pal. Look, Oz, I'm just going to fix the hole in the roof. Don't try to flatter me into doing any plumbing for you or anything. <laughs> no, I mean it. I really appreciate this. Well, don't mention it, Oz. Hey, what do you got there? Your fishing reel? Yeah, the old clunk. I've used this for the last time. I'm going down the Emporium and get myself a new one. You know, one of those sea demons. With the nylon gears? I looked at them the other day. They're beauties. Yeah, they, oh, they sure are. Hey, I need a new reel, too. Mine's broken beyond repair. Well, why don't you come down there with me and we'll each buy one? Well, I'd love to, Oz, but I can't afford to lay out $18. Hey, maybe you'll sell me that one. Oh, no, no, no. It's no good. The screw comes out of it all the time. Well, I'm pretty handy with a soldering iron. You're pretty handy with a hammer, too. What? Well, you just nailed my coat to the roof. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Harriet? Fixing my roof without being asked or anything. That doesn't sound like Thorny to me. What's he angling for? 
Nothing, absolutely nothing. Well, it doesn't sound like thorny to me. Harry, will you stop saying that? Saying what? It doesn't sound like thorny to me. My sentiments exactly. <laughs> Harry, I tell you, you misjudge thorny. What ulterior motive could he possibly have? You know, I ought to do something nice for him to reciprocate and show him how much I appreciate his friendship. Maybe I'll buy him a gift or something. I know, a new fishing reel. He needs one. Well, that's a good idea. And you'll both have new ones. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I thought I'd buy him a new reel and I'll fix this one up with a little solder or something. Well, why should you do that? Well, Harry, he needs a new reel. Well, so do you. And you'll never be happy with your old one. You see, that's where you're wrong. It always makes you happier when you give somebody something that entails a little personal sacrifice on your part. I don't think I follow you. Remember that time your mother sent you a check for your birthday and you went down to buy a new handbag, but instead you came back with a cashmere sweater for me? Well, you wanted it and I enjoyed getting it for you. This is exactly the same thing. I suppose so. Sure, I'll get a lot more pleasure buying Thorny a gift than I would getting it for myself. Hey, Pop, I gotta buy a gift, too. Oh, hello, Rick. Well, who for? I guess you'd be pretty impressed if I told you it was for Zsa Zsa Gabor. Well, yes, I would. Well, it isn't. It's for Dennis Martin. He's having a birthday party Saturday. Oh. Well, that reminds me, I better see how your good suit looks. If I remember correctly, the last party you went to, you came back with it covered with chocolate ice cream. I'm sorry, Mom, but did you ever try to juggle a piece of cake, a plate of ice cream, a glass of milk, a cup of hot chocolate, some cookies, and four tangerines? <laughs> well, next time, don't try to grab everything in sight. All I missed was the paper napkins. Uh, what were you planning to get for Dennis, Rick? Well, that brings me to my problem, Pop. Oh, money, hey? You hit the filthy right on a luger. I thought we agreed you'd save up for a birthday present when I increased your allowance. Well, I did save up. This month I've been birthdayed into bankruptcy. It seems that way. Besides, then came the crash. Oh, playing the stock market pretty heavy? No, sir. My model plane got busted and I need a new motor. They happen to cost five bucks. Oh, I see. So it's either a new motor for you or a birthday present for Dennis. Yeah, it does work out that way, doesn't it? Well, what are you going to do? That depends on what you're going to do. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, how do things stand between us now? Oh, fine. I think you're the best papa boy ever had. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean financially. I think you're the best papa boy ever owed $3 to. <laughs> Three dollars, huh? Is that how much you owe me? No, sir. I've been paying it back a dime at a time. Oh. How much is it now? Two dollars and ninety cents. <laughs> and now you want to borrow five dollars more? Yes, sir. Let's say you're out of college and you're in business for yourself. You're president of the Ricky Nelson Airplane Company. You need money for a plane motor, and I'm a banker, a total stranger, and you come to me. You're in my office, and I invite you to sit down. Now, like a good businessman, you present your problem. Sir, I... <clears throat> Can I have a cigar? Help yourself, Mr. Nelson. Thank you. Ricky, put that back. <laughs> now, uh, you want to borrow some money for an airplane motor, is that right? Yes, sir. 
what assets do you have? Well, I've got a portable radio, a twin bed, an autographed picture of Zsa Gabor, a closet full of junk, and a suit with chocolate ice cream on it. Uh, do you owe any other money? Yes, sir. I owe $2.90 to a kind and generous old man who I'm proud to call my father. <laughs> I see. Well, in addition to the assets you've described, uh, what income do you have? I get a $2 a week allowance for my family. Think a guy out of college would get more than that, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, Mr. Nelson, based on your income and your indebtedness, the bank feels that you're not a very good risk for a loan. Perhaps when you're more solvent, we can discuss the matter again. Good day, Mr. Nelson. Good day. Hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? other banks in this town, you know. Uh, Ricky, I was just trying to show you objectively how a bank would react to lending you money under the present circumstances. Well, it was fun, Pop, but I still need the money. Well, I'm inclined to agree with the bank. You're not a good risk for another loan. I guess I'd better call up Dennis and tell him I can't make the party. Well, you'd rather buy yourself the airplane motor than buy Dennis a present? In a situation like this, something's got to give, and it might as well be Dennis. Well, Dennis came to your birthday party and gave you a present. Did his father lend him the money for your present? No, he's got a paper route. He's independently wealthy. You mean he took the money he earned to buy you your present? I guess so. Well, that entailed a sacrifice on his part, didn't it? Yes, sir. Don't you think that calls for some sort of a sacrifice on your part to repay him? Well? I know it's a little difficult to understand, son, but take my word for it. When you sacrifice to give something to someone, it makes the pleasure of giving even greater. When you put it that way, I don't understand it, but I'll do it. There goes that screw again. Pop, instead of getting a new reel for Mr. Thornbury, you're going to get one for yourself. That's what I said. No, I'll be able to repair this. Uh, where's my little screwdriver? I think Ricky was using it. He's trying to fix his airplane motor. Oh, then he is going to buy the present for Dennis. Mm -hmm, that's where he is now. You know, dear, he told me about the discussion you had, and I'm pretty proud of him. Well, in a, in a week or two, I'll... I'll... Hi, everybody. Oh, hi. Did you get the present? Yeah, I sure did. But they wrapped it as a birthday gift. They even put a lollipop on it. Where's the lollipop? I ate it. <laughs> you want to see what I bought, Dennis? No, no. Don't unwrap it, Ricky. I can wrap it up again. No, 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 no. Don't, Rick. I want to see if it'll fit. If it'll fit? What do you mean by that? There. The Super Hurricane Motor. Pretty neat, huh? Now, just a second. Uh, isn't this the kind of motor you wanted? Yeah. Quite a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> Is this the present for Dennis? Oh, sure. See what I wrote on the wrapping? From Ricky. To who? To whom? <laughs> All right, to whom? Want to see how it works, Pop? I'll get some gas. Well, now, just a second, Ricky. If you put gas in it and start it, it'll be used and you won't be able to give it to him. Well, I want to make sure it works. Well, they're all tested before they leave the factory. They might have slipped up on this one. There's a guarantee right in the box. Haven't you got anything to do? 
You're old enough to go out with girls, you know. Uh, Ricky, did you buy this for Dennis or yourself? For Dennis. It sure is a neat motor. You'd better wrap it up. Can't I keep it open and look at it? It'll help me in fixing my old one that's almost impossible to fix. Dennis is never going to get that motor. What's the matter? Don't you like girls? Look, not your... <laughs> Ricky, your mother is right. If you're going to give it to Dennis, you better wrap it up. Okay. Sure was a neat motor. Notice a change of temps? Ricky, I know you'd like to keep the motor, but you've only made this tougher on yourself. You could have bought him a tie or a shirt or something. But I don't need a tie or a shirt. You better finish writing out the gift card. Here. Yes, ma'am. There's no ink in this. It's a pencil. I know. To Dennis. D E. N-U-S. That's not how you spell Dennis. Gosh, now I can't give it to him. <laughs> Write it on the wrapping paper. Okay. I sure hope he appreciates this. Well, I'm sure he will. You'll be glad you gave it to him. Remember what we said? A gift doesn't mean very much unless it calls for some sacrifice on your part to give it. Well, this is a sacrifice, Pop. Then enjoy it. Someday I'm going to give you something, David, and it won't be any sacrifice. Come on, write it out. Mom, I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. How could a kind, generous boy like me have such a cruel, mean brother? You sure there wasn't some mix-up at the hospital? Ricky off of Dennis's party, and I was real proud of the way he gave Dennis the present, aren't you? Oh, oh, yeah. That reminds me, did you give Thorny his present yet? Uh, well... Uh, What's that behind your back? Oh, this? Oh, uh, this is Thorny's reel. What were you hiding it for? Well, I, I, uh, wanted it to be a surprise. Well, I know what it is. What happened to the wrapping? Oh, it, it came off. By itself? No, I unwrapped it to make sure the reel was inside. You know how department stores are sometimes. Is it inside? Yes, it's inside. That's good. I better show it to you so you won't worry. No, I'm not worried. If you say it's in there, I know it's in there. No, 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 no. Don't take my word for it. Yes, sir, there it is. Sure is a swell reel. Look, Harriet, nylon gears. That's nice. Got a level wind on it, too. Oh? It's got this anti-backlash adjustment here. Oh, that's great. Real nice reel. Yes, it is. 
You think Thorny will like it because if he doesn't... He'll be crazy about it. <laughs> when are you going to give it to him? Uh, as soon as he comes home. Oh, he is home. His car's in the driveway. No. Oh? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to disturb him now. He might be resting or reading the evening paper. No, he's out in the backyard. Why don't you go over and give it to him? No, this isn't the psychological moment, Harriet. I, I can't just rush over and say, here's a real Thorny. The shock might be too much. For you or him? <laughs> I want to choose the right time. I want to walk up to him and say, Thorny old pal, you did me a big favor. And I want you to have this reel with the nylon gears, the level wind and the anti-backlash adjustment as a token of my appreciation. Well, it's a nice commercial, but when will the right time be? Oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Ozzie, you're going to wear out that wrapping paper. Well, I just want to make sure the reel is in perfect condition. They're all tested at the factory. Well, I want to make sure. There's a guarantee right in the box. Is there? There's always a guarantee with fishing reels and model plane motors. Well, I, I suppose so. Are you going to give him the reel or aren't you? Well, of course. Hasn't the psychological moment arrived yet? Hi, Mom. Huh? Oh, oh did you have son. a good time at the party? Yes, ma'am. Please notice I didn't get any chocolate ice cream stains on my suit. That's good. These are strawberry. <laughs> You were right. I got a big kick out of giving Dennis that motor. He really liked oh. it, huh? Yeah. He was so happy, he stopped hitting his kid sister. Is <laughs> that a new reel, Pop? Uh, uh, yeah. How did Mr. Thornberry like the one you gave him? Uh, well, uh, this is the, the one I gave him. A give. Uh, uh gonna give. Well, what are you waiting for, Pop? The psychological moment. The psychological. What's that? When every loophole is exhausted. <laughs> You see, uh, Rick, uh, you gave Dennis the motor on his birthday. Now, now that was a psychological moment. Mr. Thormer's just had a birthday. Are you going to wait until next year? No, 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 of course not. You ought to get on the ball, Pa. It's a wonderful feeling to give somebody something you really wanted yourself. And with that, we leave you alone with your conscience. <laughs> Wrapping or unwrapping, dear? Uh, wrapping. Is the psychological moment here yet, or are you going to wait another week? No, of course not, Harry. I'm going to give it to him today. After all, Thorny did a big favor for me. He did it out of the kindness of his heart with a great deal of personal self-sacrifice. He saw that hole in my roof, he got his ladder, he climbed up on the roof, and he hammered those shingles into place and repaired the damage. Yes, he did, dear. He's a real pal. Harriet, how come he noticed that hole in the roof and I didn't? Well, he's taller than you. No, no, no. Remember when I came in and told you what he'd done and you said, what's he angling for? And you convinced me that he did it out of friendship. Doesn't it strike you as a little strange that suddenly I find him up on my roof hammering away? I go out, he starts talking about wanting a new fishing reel. How do you explain that? Well, if I remember correctly, when you went outside, you had your reel with you. 
Yes, but how did he know I was going to have it with me? Well, I don't know. You see, too much of a coincidence. <laughs> Personally, I think he fixed my roof deliberately. But, dear... Well, after all, how do I know there was a hole in my roof? When I asked him where he got the shingles, he said there were some old ones he had lying around. How do you like that? Hammering some old shingles over some perfectly good ones just to impress me. What a sneaky way to get a new fishing reel out of it. <laughs> That doesn't sound logical to me. Oh, no, I'm going to put him to a little test. I'm going to take this new reel out, and if he says it's just like the one I want, I'll know he planned the whole thing. Why don't you just keep the reel? No, I want to be fair. A man is innocent until proved guilty. Well, tell me what jail he's going to be in. I want to send him some cigarettes. <laughs> Thorny, what are you doing in my garage? Oh, just checking to see if any light shows through the roof. I want to make sure I did a good job with those shingles. Why do you mention that? Well, you asked me what I was doing in your garage, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm looking at the shingles I put up. Why do you keep harping on that? Well, I'm not harping on it. I simply put some shingles There, on. you mention it again. Oz, if you don't want me to mention the shingles, I won't mention the shingles. Well, there's no need to. I thanked you, didn't I? Sure. Oz, what have you got a chip on your shoulder for? You're not obligated to me. I'm not. No. Someday you can do something for me. Just what do you mean by that? Nothing. If you feel like doing something, you'll do it. If you don't, don't. Thorny, how come you haven't asked me what's in this package? I'm not nosy. <laughs> don't you want to know what's in it? No. Well, I'll tell you. You don't have to. I'll do better. I'll show you. It's a new reel, a sea demon. Oh, it's a beauty, Oz. You think so? Sure. Stop beating around the bush. Isn't this one like you've always wanted? Yes. I knew it. Well, just for that, you can't have it. So long. <laughs> Catherine, it was good talking to you. Bye. Harriet, I'm going to keep the reel. Oh, did Thorny say the secret word? He certainly did. He was out in the garage looking at the roof. How obvious can you be? And when he saw the reel, he said, that's exactly like the one I want? No, he was too clever for that. <laughs> Sparred around, finally made me drag it out of him. This will teach him a lesson. I'm going to keep the reel. Now, just a second. I was just talking to Catherine. Probably never was a hole in the roof. Yes, there was. And do you know how it got there? How? Ricky's plane crashed into it and ripped the shingles loose. That's when his motor got broken. Well, then Thorny was covering up for Ricky. Yeah, that's right. Oh, how about that? Fixing the roof to cover up for Ricky. All right, I'm surprised at you... Here, Thorny does a wonderful thing like that, and you say, what is he angling for? Me and my suspicious mind. No, I, I really can't take it. Go ahead, Thorny. I want you to know how much I appreciate what you've done. No, no, Oz. I can't take it. Well, if you feel that you shouldn't... I'll take it.
Look at Thorny out there in the backyard practicing casting. Gives you a nice warm feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Hiya, Ma. Hiya, Pop. Feast your eyes on this. You got a new motor. Oh! Where'd you get the money? Mr. Thornberry gave it to me. He gave you the money? No, the motor. Now, how about that, Thorny? First, he fixes a hole in my garage roof. Didn't want anything for it. When I want to give him the reel, he didn't want to take it. And then what does he do? He turns around and gives Ricky a brand new motor. He's a real swell guy. He sure is, boy. Maybe there's some way you can show him your appreciation, Ricky. When I get the motor in, I'll let him fly the plane. Yes, that'll be a nice gesture. Yeah, but this time I hope he aims it better so he doesn't knock a hole in our garage roof. <laughs> This is Vern Smith saying tune in again next week for another transcribed adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. Thank you for listening. I hope you're with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.